It's a good day to be at church, isn't it? Look at your neighbor just because they're here and you're here. Look at them and tell them, man, you look good this morning. There you go. There you go. See, when I do that, it's amazing. Every time you do that, people smile like, woo, I look good. You do. And by the way, you online, I don't know how you look, but you look good. I'm going to go ahead and say that to you by faith. Uh, and so um, we do look forward to you being in the house with us. We know that some can't be there, can't be here, but if you can, we'd love to see you. And so this morning, we're looking at this thing called All In. You know, how to make this thing work. And as I, I, I'm excited and humbled at the same time getting to kick this off, um, because I always think about a few questions that I, I got to ask you. And to start the message this morning, I want to ask you a question. Do you truly believe that God is for you and not against you? You truly believe that? Okay, because that's important. What, what is that belief based on? You know, you got to get down to that, that the, the, dig down a little bit deep. And then it, you got to think, is it based on my own thoughts? Is it based on my own experiences? Is it based on my bank account? How much I have or how much I don't have? Is it based on my friend group? Is it based on my job? You know, I believe God truly, you know, he's for me because of those. And then you ask the other thing, another question. Do you truly believe that Jesus came to give you life and give us life and not just a little bit, but abundantly? Anybody else believe that? Okay, okay. Now let me ask you, and let's get real for just a moment. Is there anybody besides me that sometimes live less than the abundant life? (laughs) <laughs> where you deal with the reality and you go, man, I believe that, but what I'm experiencing right now sometimes is not that. And I'm thinking that if we're not careful, what we do is we base everything on our experience with God and this thing of going all in is based on what he gives me instead of my part, my choice, it's what I choose to do. And so when we think about this concept of going all in, when I'm talking about all in, we have to recognize that these choices, there are choices to be made. And if, we, if we're real, think about it this way. All of us have been involved in situations where we were going at it, we were, whether it was at home, whether it was on a job, whether it was in a business or organization, whether it was in a, in a sporting event, you know, where you were actually the one playing, where you were given all you had and then some, and you turned around and looked beside you and realized, I don't even know if they even care what's going on right now. <laughs> and you look around you and you begin to think, hold it. Whoa, I'm giving all this. Where, where's everybody at? What do you, you know, what's happening? And so if, if we're not careful, sometimes we can get discouraged when those moments come because, hey, I'm trying to give all, what's wrong with y'all? Where are y'all at? And I think that if we're not careful, when we talk about going all in, that there are many areas of our life where that plays out. And, and I want to look, we're going to look over the next four weeks, we're going to look at four areas of going all in. This morning, we're going to be covering going all in with God. And that is a big, big, big subject, but we're going to break it down into small bites. And then we're going to look at next week being Mother's Day. All the mothers, hey, all you, you sons and daughters, I'm giving you a, a week advance notice. <laughs> if you haven't got that yet, look, you, you can miss days, but don't miss Mama's Day, okay? That's Mama, that is Mama's Day, and Mama needs to be honored, so 
We got to get mama, give you that week. But so next week, Mother's Day, we're going to look at going all in with our family. And then the week after that, we're going to go all in with, um, with our church. Because there's a part of our life, it's a, it's a body of believers. And so, and then finally, the last, um, the last one's going to be, and we actually will have a guest speaker, one of our missionaries who's full, uh, who travels really the world. Uh, we'll be going in with, we're going to be going all in with God and winning those who are away from him, the harvest. And so that's where we're going to be going. And that give you all a little preview of what's happening. But for this morning, this thing of going all in with God, um, I have some great news. Just like asking those two questions, the basis is, and, and I know many of you are like, of course I believe that. And the reason we believe that is because God said it. It's not because I thought it or because I've experienced it, but because God said it. As a matter of fact, in Jeremiah 29, 11, one of those was up there and it says this, God speaking through Jeremiah to the children of Israel, and we get the benefit of that today. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. Take a moment and think about this. God's saying, not only does he say, I have a plan, I know the plan. Now, I know many of us in this room, me included, sometimes it's, it's a struggle to figure out exactly what his plan is. In every stage of our life, think about it. When, when, when kids are this tall right now, those that are in children's church right now, Pastor Nathan's teaching them the word of God and they're trying to figure out this big thing of God and, and their precious little brains and their precious little hearts like, Jesus, you know, and you ask them questions about the Bible and every one of them, the, the, the right answer is always, Jesus. You know, does God love you? Jesus. Hey, are you, does mom and dad, how are things going at home? Jesus. What's the Bible saying? It's always Jesus. And, and their, their understanding is at that level. And then as we get older and we're going into this and we're, hey, we're, we're trying to figure out this thing. The plan sometimes, because of our circumstances, we think sometimes God, God's plan changes. Oh, he must have, he must have made a left turn. He, he made a left turn or right. He turned on me. And the fact is, he knows the plan, and it's our responsibility to not come up with our own, but to discover and seek him for his plan, because he said, not only does he know the plan, but he goes on to say that I know the plan, and what? It's to prosper you. That's the plan, declares the Lord, to prosper, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Is there anybody in here besides me and those watching online where you were going through something and you thought, okay, God, it's you. Go ahead. Give it to me. I deserve it. Give it to me. <laughs> I, I, I did it. It's me. Just go ahead and give it to me. And really he says that that's never my intention. That's never his intention was to bring harm, maybe correction, but never harm. And he said, I'm not out to do that. That's not how God operates. Plans to do what? To give you, to give me a hope. Something that's out there, something that, that I get to dream, that I, a future that I get to look at, no matter what age I'm at, no matter if I'm, if I'm eight months old or 80 years old, all in between or older, I still get to look at the future. I still get to give this hope. And he puts that within us. And so, 
That's, that's God saying that to us. That's his promise. And by the way, many of you Bible scholars are aware of this. God spoke that to the children of Israel while they were in captivity. <laughs> they were in captivity when God spoke this to them. How many know when you're going through a bad day, you need words of hope and encouragement? God's saying, I ain't left you. I'm still for you. Yep, it might be rough right now, some of the choices. But hey, I'm not here to harm you. I'm gonna, I've got plans of good. He goes on in Jeremiah 31.3. A little later, God's speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. And he says this, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with a once in a while, sometimes kind of when you're good enough kind of love. <laughs> I have loved you with an everlasting love. It doesn't go away. And look how he says he draws us. I draw you by lightning bolts and wrath. <laughs> I draw you... <laughs> He says, no, I draw, I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. So when we're going through things, many times we attribute things to other things, and many times we, we place it on God. Everything goes that way. And I'm just encouraging us this morning as we look at this going all in with God, it's possible because God is all in with us. He's all in for us. Matter of fact, John 3, 16 says that. One of the most, very, one of the most familiar passages of scripture where it says, for God so loved the world. He so loved it that why, or another way to say it, he loved the world so much is another better way. I feel like sometimes to say, for God so loved the world. If it says, if I put it, for God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever or, or, or whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I've shared with you before, and it's important to share with you now, that word world means those who are far away from him. So it means this, that Jesus is saying here, his father loves us so much, every person on this planet, especially those who are far away from him, so much that he gave his, only, gave his only son so that those who are far away from him don't have to stay that way. And then finally, John 10, 10, it's also in here. It says, the thief comes to kill, comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come. <laughs> it's like, I can't, I don't have to worry about what the thief's, what his, what his plans are, what he's trying to do. I have come, what? That you may have life and have it all to the fullness. Have it to its fullness. And so as we, as we jump into this and look at this thing of being all in, I first wanted to get this deep in our hearts. Because even though we hear these and we see these and we, we say these many times, this is a reality that we have to lock into. That God, you're for me, you're not against me. Even when I'm going through things, even when things turn out a lot less than what I think they should, it doesn't mean God does give and God does take away. But ultimately, he's the one that's in control. And my, my goal, my responsibility is to seek him and his plan, not to seek me and my plan and how he can fit into that. Okay, God, I got these plans. Can you come over here and bless? Could you, you know, I need this over. Could you just come in here and get this? Instead of me saying, God, hey, I want to be fully engaged in who you are and what you're saying for me to do. And so in that struggle that we have, 
there's no problem on God's part. So our struggle many times happens to, do, happens to be our commitment to him. Anybody ever made a commitment to God and say you are going to never, ever, ever do something ever, ever again? Only to a few moments later, like, oops. <laughs> I'm never, ever, ever good. Oops. Did I say that? And so God's not sitting there going, uh-huh. I, you told me. You told me. And, and God's literally drawing us in and saying, hey, I'm, I'm for you. And I'm still, it doesn't deter him. It doesn't, dis, it doesn't distract him. It literally, it causes him to say, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I, I see that and I'm, I'm not. I'm not upset. Come on. He draws us with his loving kindness. And so um, as we look at this, I want to boil down to, I've got, I've got a number of things, but I'm going to boil down to two main things um, that, um, that I believe that causes this struggle we have with going all in with God. And there are two things, and you probably have a bunch of your own, but for this morning, since I'm right here right now and I got this, I believe, number one, they both begin with S. Number one is self. If you're taking notes, you can write down self. S-E-L-F. Self. And the second one is, believe it or not, Satan. Self and Satan carry a lot of weight. But if we're not careful, we let them carry too much weight. And so when we look at this thing of, of self, we are all born selfaholics that's all of us we're born selfaholics I like what I like when I like it I want it and I don't care what anybody's I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get it I mean anybody ever had a craving in the middle of the night and you drive distances to get something you want you're gonna make sure you go get whether it, it it could be in the food nature it could be any number of things you are gonna get what you want because you want it um I had a situation happen a few years ago. This was just about two years ago. Um, I know some of you are probably, when we, you know, talking about food and talking about, you know, my son talked about Kyoto's. I actually, there's these little square burgers that this one company makes. <laughs> and there are some people that absolutely hate those things. <laughs> Like, like they're just these little small, I don't even know if it's real hamburger, to be honest with you. I'll just go ahead and be honest. I'll be straight. We're here. But man, I grew up, I remember it's one of the first ones I got to in Jacksonville. My dad took me and he got these bunch. Of, I'm like, oh, what is these little things? These little munchable things and just go to town on them. And I, for whatever reason, I was driving back um, from uh, visiting somebody in South Florida and I was coming back and I just got a hankering for these little square things. And, uh, and, I, and the first, I, so I, I, got, I got Google Maps and I pull out and I'm like, okay, nearest one. And it said 20 miles. And I'm like, all right, that ain't too bad until I got off the interstate and it was 15 miles off the interstate. I'm thinking 20 miles is gonna be up here. It's like, no, it's, oh, you want, well, guess what I did? I had a hankering. I went 15 miles off the interstate looking for these little square things. <laughs> you know what happened? I got there, and because it was a small town, it was closed. <laughs> I 
supposed to be open 24 hours. Everybody knows that. You know what happened? I pulled out my GPS. Where's the next one? I went to another one. It's closed. I'm like, mm-mm, now I'm more determined. I, there were so many places I passed getting something to eat. I could have just grabbed something and said, I'm going, I had a hankering. If you ain't never had that, bless you. <laughs> Anyhow, I finally got it. Y'all, it added one hour to my journey because I had to get a little couple, four little square little things. Now, one thing I did tell them, I told them of my, this journey and I did ask them, hey, could y'all cook them fresh? <laughs> I said, and the french fries too, could you put those down, Fred? You don't know what I did to get here. Please, please do that for me. And I'm just telling you, when we think of stuff we want myself, we're not careful. We will build our life around ourselves. We'll build our lives around what I want. And we can get distracted by our wants and wishes. And sometimes we try to call them God. And we try to make it God. And I remember I was, I was at a, a pastor's conference and one of the uh, one of the pastors showed a quote on the screen. It was from Pastor Timothy Keller. And it said this, if your God always agrees with you, you may be worshiping a glorified version of yourself. (laughs) In other words, if God never disagrees with you and everything's okay, you might, just check it out, you might, self has really kicked in to the point that you're just worshiping a glorified version of yourself. And it's like, and we call it God. And so when we look at this thing of going all in with him, I believe that, um, that Jesus wants us to experience his life. I believe he wants us to experience his hope in his future. And what that looked like differs in everybody's life and from moment to moment. From moment to moment, it happens. I mean, we, the hope never changes. The future never changes. But the circumstances certainly do. And I believe Matthew, when we talk about making choices and going all in, in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus, in, his, in the longest public sermon that he ever preached, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's, five, it's three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If you read it all the way through, it'd take you about 15 minutes, depending on how fast or slow you read. Jesus' longest sermon, 15 minutes. Can everybody say amen to that one? Come on. (laughs) But that's Jesus. I'm sorry I'm not there yet. I'm trying. (laughs) But in that sermon, and we're not going to break it all down because he talked about everything pertaining to life and godliness. Matter of fact, one pastor, when I was doing some study and reading, he broke it down to this. He broke three chapters down to one sentence. He said, if you had to break it down, this is the Sermon on the Mount, how to live a life that is dedicated to and pleasing to God, free from hypocrisy, full of love and grace, full of wisdom and discernment. Breaking it all down. But for our benefit this morning, I just have three things I want to pull out of the Sermon on the Mount. And this is how we can really lean into, am I building my life around me or am I all in with God? And, I, and, and they're found in the, in the chapter six. And these are the wins that are our wins when we're talking about going all in with God. These are... These are Jesus' wins that are our wins 
but we're talking about going all in with God. There's three things that he said when in, in, in the sixth chapter of Matthew. And he's talking now. He's got a big group and he's talking to them. And the first one was, he said in verse, what we'll start in verse one, it says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Ooh, we're getting to the heart, getting down in here. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. And so he goes on in verse two and he says this, so when you give. The first when is when we give. When we give. It says, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And one translation says, will reward you openly. And so this thing of giving, let's be, let's be honest. Some of the hardest time is when God calls us to give. And one of the hardest things it is, something we have to train children to do. So I know my son always uses his children. I'm not gonna use him, but I'll use one of his children. <laughs> My little Esme, who is the cutest little, I mean, she is cute as a button. She is a little pistol because that girl determines she knows her mind and she knows what she wants at three. She just turned three. This past Thursday, she was three years old. And she said, I, I'm three, G. Paul. And I said, you're three? She said, yeah, because daddy said so. <laughs> she can't read a verse here, but daddy said I'm three and I'm three. And with Esme right now, she's at this place at three where mine is mine. Like if I go and I say, hey, hey, Esme, this is my son. <laughs> Talking about her daddy. It's my daddy. <laughs> mine, my daddy. Or if I go and say, this is my Gigi. My wife said, that's my Gigi. I mean, anything you say, she wants, mine, it is mine. I'm like, oh, she gets into this whole thing of it is mine. And it's funny because when I give her a treat, this is my treat. And I'm like, can G. Paul have one? This is my treat. <laughs> and it's eventually she'll relent and say, here, G. Paul, you can have one. I'm like, thank you. I, I gave that to you. I get to have one. Thank you. I think it's the same way we do with God. <laughs> Where we say, this is mine, God. And God said, well, I gave that to you. <laughs> but I'm not giving it back to you. <laughs> same thing. He goes on. So it's funny because when we think of giving, think about it this way. This is really a test of self. Of when I give to somebody else that's less fortunate. When, and by the way, that's not just money. Because I know when we think of giving, our natural tendency is to go to money. Do you know some, there is something way more valuable than money? There's this thing called your time. And some people don't need your money. They just need a listening ear. They need a shoulder for somebody to cry on. They need somebody that just says, I care. They're walking through life alone. And they're just saying, I, I just need to, some, I need to know somebody's there. So when, when Jesus tells them, this whole group of people, when you give, 
to somebody that has a need, he's talking about giving outside of yourself. He's talking about thinking beyond yourself. Now, money is including that. And by the way, we'll get there later when we get to the church because believe it or not, Jesus spoke more about money than he did about anything. Some of y'all are like, what? And it wasn't because he was wrapped up in it. It's because we get wrapped up in it. <laughs> it's not because it affected him. I mean, the streets are gold, people. He's walking on them. Does he worried about money? No. But he's worried about what money does to us. He's worried about how it affects us. And so when we talk about that, money is a part. And so we ask ourselves, do I spend all of my time, all of my talents and all of my resources on myself and mine? Or do I make room to give to somebody else? That's for you to decide, not for me. And I'm, this isn't to put any time away. This is just evaluation time. Am I allowing myself to dominate me? Am I, is it just my time, me, myself, and I, or my own? Or am I allowing myself Say, God, here I am, use me. Put, look, uh, show me a need. Let me, let me be a part. Here we love to say this. If I see a need, I want to fulfill it. If I see a hurt, I want to heal it. If I see a need, I want to fill it. If I see a hurt, I want to heal it. That should be our heart and our cry. That's Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus even went on a little bit later in Matthew, Matthew 6, 19 through 21. He says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin, you know, rats and things like that. Y'all made it real graphic. Um, destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, and I always thought to myself, isn't that reversed? Shouldn't it be where your heart is? There your treasure will be? But Jesus said, no. <laughs> it's not where your treasure is. It's not what I treasure. It's where your heart is because that's going to determine what you treasure. That's going to determine what you, what you value. And so i got to watch it that my heart doesn't get so wrapped up in self that I forget about the, my the humanity around me, starting here in the church. There again, we'll get to that in a few weeks. But, but for this morning, think about this when that Jesus said, when you give, not if. Second one, good one to dealing with self. Jesus said in Matthew 6, it's when we pray. When we pray. He didn't say if we pray. <laughs> and I'm a firm believer, everybody prays at some point in their life. When things get bad enough, you just wait. It's like I, I read years ago, there's no, there's no atheists in foxholes. When things get bad enough, you're going to cry out for something. I remember years ago watching a documentary of the gangs in Los Angeles. And in Los Angeles, they have some serious gangs. I mean, we talk about gangs here, but they a, a guy went out and did a documentary, and it showed these, I mean, massive, tatted up, these, I mean, these rough looking guys and girls that were given all for the gang. Like we die, I forget, we live and die with, my, with, with my, my people. And they showed them coming in the emergency room and they showed them, they showed different parts of them and they show how they were, how they connected and all the, the things. And it showed them coming in the emergency room. And these guys that, I mean, buffed, I mean, they're, they're probably a whole lot more swole than I am, if y'all can believe that. I mean, it's, they're big, like, you know. 
And they come, walk, they come in and they come in crying for two things. These grown men are crying for two things. They come crying out for mama. <laughs> mama, I want my mama. These grown men, I want my mama. And God help me. God help me, help me God. We all pray at some point. But Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray. He said, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and on street corners and be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, when we pray, go into your closet, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father in heaven. Now, I just gotta say this. <laughs> this was a relief to me when I first came to Christ. Because I mean, I, I get to go in my room and nobody gets to hear me. Because <laughs> so, let's be honest, what, the reason most of us don't like to pray in public or on a microphone is you're afraid, I don't, I don't pray so good. <laughs> well, or good, well, I don't pray so well. It, we, we struggle, like, my prayers don't sound elaborate. My prayers don't sound, I mean, they just don't sound that good. And God's saying it has nothing to do with the sound he even points it out. Jesus saying it's not these elaborate prayers you pray. It's these simple ones. One of the greatest prayers you can pray to God is simply, help. <laughs> Anybody know that one? <laughs> Got that one on lock. <laughs> help, Jesus. <laughs> it's important that when we look and when Jesus says, go in your closet, Close the door and pray to your Father who's in heaven. You got a loving Father that cares, that wants us to experience this. And he says, and then when he does that, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans do. They think by their many words, they're gonna be heard. And he says, no. And, and then he tells us this, this prayer that we can pray right now. Let's do this right now. It says this, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our, our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. He taught us to pray that together, that we connect with him. It covers everything. It covers our connection with him. It covers our, our substance for today. It covers everything of, of our forgiveness. He goes on to say, for if you forgive others when they sin against you, your, heaven, your Father in heaven also forgives you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sin. So when we talk about this thing of a prayer, prayer simply connects us to God. It's carrying on a conversation. How many in here have a best friend? Don't raise your hand because I'm like, I don't want you to go, I don't have a best friend. <laughs> We have a best friend, Jesus. He's, he says he's a friend that's six closer than a brother. <laughs> but I've got, a, I've got some best friends. I've got some friends, but I've got some best friends that I can pour my heart out to and share anything with and not worry about getting judged, not worry about getting any. And everybody, I believe, God wants us to develop that, but God first wants us to develop that with him. 
that we can say anything. We, there's nothing off limits. We carry on this conversation and it continues and it draws him close to us and it draws him close to us and it draws him, it draws us closer to him and it draws him closer to us. The third win is, so we, we said when we give, when we pray and then the third one, which is a, a lost discipline in the church, it says when we fast. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. When we fast. <laughs> like, deny myself. You want to know how to, how to really begin to get a grip on self? <laughs> you start denying it the food it, it wants. It craves. When you start saying, or not just food. Okay, so we have these devices now that have taken over food. Like there's some people sit on these so long, <laughs> they forgot to eat because they were scrolling, watching everybody else what they were eating. <laughs> Man, that looks good. No, but let me look who. <laughs> I mean, there are people that sit and they veg out on, on shows and, and, and stuff. And so you got to watch it because it's one of those things that, hey, it's not just food. But when I fast and I deny my flesh and I said, no, you can't have that. You can't have that. It says when we fast, not if we fast. There are two times a year that we, as a church, at the first of the year, we do a 21-day uh, prayer and fasting. And then we do again in August, we'll come back to a time of prayer, but I choose and others choose to fast. As we do this, I just want to encourage us. Fasting is the best way I know where we break off the things that this world has tried to lay hold to us on. It's, and matter of fact, Jesus said this, when you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. They try to look pious and religious. I'm, I'm doing without food for Jesus. And he said, don't do that. that. That's not for anybody else to know when we fast. But it is something we're supposed to do is fast. He said, but when you fast, put oil on your head, basically perfume, you know, spices on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. If I could challenge us this morning with this thing of self, overcoming it, going all in with God. If I could challenge us just on those three things for the next week, think about what am I giving and who am I giving to? Am I giving my time, my talents, my treasure? N number two, number two, am I, how much time, if I could challenge you to take just five minutes, start at five minutes. Take five minutes in the morning, say, God, here I am. Hey, I just want to acknowledge you and acknowledge this day. And I want to invite you into every part of it. I want you to lead and guide me. I'm going to give you full control, whatever that looks like, what my conversations are going to be like, who I come in contact with. I yield that. Take five minutes, start there. And then pick a moment during this week. It could be a, it may just be a simple meal starting with. It may be a day. If you'll start somewhere, I promise you, what'll happen is those hunger pains that go, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. You get to say, for God, for God, for God. <laughs> You get to say, Lord, I choose you over the sustenance that I really, really, really want. And I want to challenge. So that's, that's one of the things, self. The next one real quickly is this thing, and he, he, he really, we give him too much credit, and this thing of Satan. 
So Satan is both in the beginning book of the Bible and in the last book of the Bible. He starts out in the beginning in the garden in Genesis chapter 3. We see Genesis 3 where um, Eve is in the garden and um, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say? He still does that today. That's why I opened up with the question, Do you really believe that God's for you and not against you? And do you really believe that Jesus came to give you life and give it to the full? Because Satan is going to ask you, did God really say that? And he began to deceive. He first got them them distracted and then he deceived them. And it's the same thing he does. He's not real smart. He still does the same thing today. We try to give him way too much power. And I I really, I can attribute to one thing and it's called Hollywood. I mean Hollywood. Because these people write these stupid things and it's like, it's devil. It's like, I don't even watch this. It's, they, they gore people or they try to, try to make a, a whole bunch more than what it is. And I'm telling you, the devil is a defeated foe. Like he is a defeated. He has been completely destroyed and all the power he gives is what we give him. And so just like with Eve, the only thing that happened is he told her that, but she believed it. He, he, did God really say? And he said, no, God knows the day you, you'll be like him. And he got her to, to deceive, to thinking, hey, you're already creating his image and his likeness. And so when we think about this whole thing of Satan, we really many times, and I, I hate to say it, but many have an unhealthy fear of the devil. Like he can do something to you. And I'm gonna tell you, he can't cross the bloodline. There are things that happen in this life and happen in our lives and many times we attribute everything to the devil. I I love one of my mentors in the faith, Billy Godwin, who, um, it was so funny, I got to grow up underneath him and and we went on ministry trip. I'll never forget one one ministry trip. He was praying for somebody and he said this prayer. He said, come out of that devil, you person. (laughs) He said, come out of that devil, you person. Called their name. I said, what? <laughs> what? He wouldn't call the devil out of them. He said, you come out of that devil. <laughs> he was so locked into it. They wanted, I want this. And he said, man, come out of there. He didn't have the control. He, had, he may have had some, some oppression or some obsession, but it wasn't possession. He was like, let it go. And I think if we're not careful that we give, we attribute too much power. You know, remember there was this, Comedian way back in the 60s, 70s named Flip Wilson. And back then everybody used to laugh. He would cross-dress right there on TV and everybody laughed about it. He he had a character named Geraldine. And his famous saying was, the devil made me do it. (laughs) And it was a joke, but let me say, the devil can't make you do anything. It's a choice. He can tempt you. He can try you. He can put thoughts in your brain. But ultimately, I choose. Ultimately, we choose. And so when we look at going all in with God, this thing of self and Satan, they can't stop us. We're the only thing that can stop us. Matter of fact, Jesus said it this way. And, uh, and um, well, hold on. Let me, let me say before, that, when we talk about dealing with the devil, James, the brother of Jesus, said it best. In James chapter four, verses six and seven, he said this. But he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. 
And that's why it's, we got to continually humble ourselves. It's not a one-time thing. It's a continual thing. And we humble ourselves by giving, by praying, by fasting. And then when it comes to dealing with the devil, this is what he says. In verse 7, he said, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. What's the first action? Submit to God. I submit to God first, always. I always go there. I don't start dealing. I mean, there is spiritual warfare. Don't get me wrong. But it always starts with submitting to God and then going from there. And that's why Jesus, when he was telling his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, he said this, if any of you want to go all in or to be my followers, you must give up your own way and do what? Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will find it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Anything worth, is there anything worth more than your own soul? And that soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. When we talk about this thing of going all in with God, all of us have struggles. All of us do. Me included. Man, I'm, so all these things I'm sharing, these are things I've experienced. Like I say, God, I'm never, 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 never going to do it. And then, oh, man, ooh. But I continually say, Jesus, this is about you. It's not about me. God wants to use every one of us. He's created us for his purpose, for his glory. Matter of fact, I love, I close with this scripture, but then we're gonna pray. In Ephesians 2.10, it says this. For we are God's masterpiece or handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus, what? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Can I challenge us this morning in going all in with God that we can't hang on to something and something else at the same time? We have to say, I've got to let my hands loose. <laughs> there are things that we hang on to, bitterness and the, the word that Dan was sharing this morning talking about, there are things that we hang on to, unforgiveness. We hang on to bitterness. We hang on to self. We hang on to things, thinking that things will make me happy. And I've said it often, and I'll say it again. God doesn't mind us having things as long as things don't have us. That we can give them out. They can come in freely, and they can freely go. It, I don't have to have this. This is okay. I've got this in my note. For time's sake, I just want to say I recently had purchased another home. I'm blessed to be able to do that to help some other people, help families. But in this shed, there was this shed in, in the back. Y'all, it was packed full of stuff. I mean, it's one of these eight by 10 aluminum sheds and I opened the shed and I went, oh my goodness. <laughs> so much stuff. There are car ramps in there. There's car jacks in there. There's three toolboxes with tools in them with craftsman tools in them. I'm like, what? Jesus, thank you. There was a toolbox. I mean, there was a, there was a tackle box. 
with every kind of trout rig you could want. I'm like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> you love me. <laughs> but I thought as I'm going through this, and I found all kind of treasures in there, and I'm thinking, who worked so hard to get this only to just leave it? And it brought to my mind, Lord, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to leave out of here going, well, I left all that stuff. <laughs> I want to say, Lord, I'm going to take all the people I can with me, with you, Lord. I want to make a difference in other people's lives. Lord, I don't want to be so self-centered, so selfish. I don't want to allow the enemy to lie to me and rob me from my God-given ability to make a difference in people's lives. And this morning... Understanding that you and I are masterpieces. You know, a masterpiece isn't done in a day. Whether it's a sculptor, whether it's a, sculpt, a sculpture, whether it's a, a song, whether it's a poem, whether it's a, a painting, it takes strokes. It takes time. God's building that in us. We are his handiwork. And this morning, I just can't help but ask this question. Is there anything that, that you or I are, we're hanging on to that's keeping us from God's best? Is there anything that I could say, Lord, I want you to evaluate. I love what King David in the Psalms, who was an incredible man, who God called him a man after his own heart. David in Psalms 139 at the end, he said, Lord, search me. The reason he was called a man after God's heart was not because of his perfection. Anybody that knows anything about King David knows that David did some incredible, he, yes, he killed a giant, but he also, he, he could slay a giant, but he couldn't slay the lust in his heart that made him go after another man's wife and then had him killed for it. But God, even in the midst of that, called David a man after his heart because he said, I'm not stopping. Even if I miss it, I'm not stopping. I'm going after you, God. And that's why in Psalms 139, David said, search me. See, you know, see if there's anything within me that's contrary to what you are, the way you are. See that, Lord. I want, I want to know you. I don't want to just know about you. And this morning, I wonder if we could take just a moment before we leave out and go about our day and, and, and go about our, our responsibilities. And if you could be like that with me this morning, just to say, Lord, is there anything? Is there anything between you and me? Is there anything? Is, am, am, I, am I into self so much that I haven't even heard your voice? Or is your voice always sounding like what I want? Can we go all in this morning and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. And whatever that looks like, wherever that leads me, whatever it means I gotta give, whatever prayer it means I gotta pray, whatever you know, denial I have to do to myself, Lord, that I, I deny myself, Lord, I want your Holy Spirit to have its way in me so he can have his way through me. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Thank you, Lord Jesus.
I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for evil. They're plans to give to prosper you and to give a hope and a future. Is there anything that you would say I have that's that's blocking those plans? Because I'm working my own plan. I can't work his plan and mine at the same time. This morning, could take a moment and just allow the Holy Spirit those in the house and those online and ask, is there anything that I've been involved in or anything that's locked into me that you know is not God? And this morning, because Jesus draws us with loving kindness, could we give that to him?